Welcome to Inspire Her Health, your podcast for all things her. We are a one-stop shop dedicated to inspiring you to live your best by providing the latest tips, tricks, and stories from leading experts in the industry. Our mission is to bring women just like you together in an inspiring community to enhance your mind, body, and life in the healthiest way possible. Welcome, sister. You're in the right place. This is where you belong. So let's begin. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Inspire Her Health podcast. I'm Christine Nicole, your host, CEO, and founder of Inspire Her Health. Now, this episode today is very, very unique. We have, we know on Inspire Her Health, we talk a lot about fitness and healthy eating and mindset and all those things. But I decided to kind of throw a little curveball in the mix and bring a very, very unique woman onto my show. Her name is ST. And she actually specializes in a very unique skill. And her skill set is all around journaling, but not journaling with your dominant hand, journaling with your non-dominant hand. Now take that in for a second. I am a righty. So me trying to journal or write with my left hand is, is probably worse than in kindergarten's writing, I would say. But she dives into the benefits of doing it. And, and honestly, it's one of those things that if you can start doing more tasks with your non-dominant hand, it can actually tap in to your subconscious mind. And we all know that our subconscious mind harv, you know, it harbors a lot of things that could be potentially holding us back from going after our dreams and goals um, and visions in the future. And, you know, it could be also holding a lot of wounds and emotional baggage that we haven't been able to release and that are holding us back in life. So she gives us all the tools and little tricks that we could do to start to implement this type of writing. So if you're somebody that hasn't really journaled before, this is totally for you. If you're somebody like me that's journaled pretty much their whole life, this is also an amazing episode. It's one of those ones that will leave you, you know, kind of feeling in awe because it is so different from what we have heard out on, you know, mainstream media around, you know, scripting and journaling and things like that. So she comes about it from such a different, unique perspective. So without further ado, let's listen to SD talk about the benefits of journaling and writing with our non-dominant this episode is brought to you by our favorite superfood company, Energy Bits. Energy Bits are tiny nutrition tablets that contain spirulina and chlorella algae. These algae tablets are safe, pure, and packed with over 40 micronutrients and plenty of protein. These fast, easy, convenient raw tablets can be swallowed, chewed, added to smoothies, salads, trail mix, or other healthy snacks. Now, not all algae is created high quality. But at Inspire Her Health, we trust and stand behind Energy Bits tablets because they are the only LG brand sold, endorsed, trusted, and used by doctors, nutritionists, and wellness professionals nationwide. They are also endorsed by over 50 Olympic athletes and professional athletes. 
So whether you're an athlete yourself, a mom like me, working professional, wellness buff, or somebody in between, these superfood tablets are sure to help improve your immune system, energy, focus, hunger, beauty, nutrition, and overall health. Visit EnergyBits website to learn more and order your LG superfood tablets today. Go to www.energybits.com and use the promo code INSPIREHEALTH for 20% off. Once again, go to www.energybits.com and use the promo code INSPIREHEALTH for 20% off your order of these amazing algae superfood tablets. Welcome ST to the show. So excited to have you on here with us today. And I'm really stoked to pick your brain all around journaling with a non-dominant hand and the benefits of that. How are you? Awesome. I am so excited to be here. I waited so long and it's so much fun. I love it speaking to you. I love your energy. Feel right away connected to you. <laughs> That's amazing. I know. Same with you too. I mean, we've got lots to talk about and a lot in common right away. Just after chatting, I chatted with SD for about 10 minutes before we started recording and oh my goodness, you guys are in for a real treat. This is going to be a really juicy and fun filled podcast ent- episode for you guys. So SD, let's, let's just dive into your story. Why don't you connect with the audience a little bit, tell them a little bit of a background story and what brought you here today and, and what you're doing and what you're teaching. So connect with the audience. You go ahead. Okay. So first off, I hated journaling my whole life. So anyone here who's like, Hey, this is not for me. I'm like just checking out. I'm just warning. I, I really started as a photographer. I am a photographer. I've been doing photography my whole life. I got paid for it since probably was 12. Um, in college, I went to, I left school early and I was like fed up with school and after at 16, I did my GEDs and I went to England to study in England there because the way it's structured, they finish school at 16 and they start college then. So I was on the same age as everybody else. And I studied art there in England for two years and I rented a studio there and I did photography for people in England. And then when I came back, I was doing photography and I loved it. But my favorite part of it was the the emotions when you see people connect with them real I did a lifestyle photography like really organic and I loved it so much but I was doing it I saw my favorite part was the emotions and so I was like okay so we are going to do just relationship photography photography just for couples because that was my favorite part and some people thought I was crazy that I was like turning down customers for like why are you telling them no when you have people who want to pay you good money I'm like well when they want relationship photography, then they're going to come to me because I'm going to be the best in that. So I did relationship photography where I take pictures of couples in their ultimate state of love and connection. And then they would choose their favorite pictures. They hang up on the wall, like a vision board. So it's they themselves in a vision board, not just a picture they found online or ripped out of a magazine. I love the idea. I think it's so cool. And it trains your subconscious really go you get into a fight then you go back to your bedroom you see that huge picture you reminds you where you want to go now the problem with it is when you have that fight or when you have a challenge and you're not sure how to deal with it it's not going to solve your problems so i was looking for something else that would be able to help the couples i was dealing with 
that could solve their problems for them. I mean, I guess not really solve their problem, but give them more tools to help them solve their problems. And I didn't want to go back to school. I was like really fed up with that. So I was like, just open and seeing like, okay, what would come, what would be? And there was this lady who needed a place to stay for the weekend. She was a CJA coach. And while she's talking to me, I'm like getting really curious. Okay, so I'm writing with my non-dominant hand and I get my answers. Like now I'm not lost anymore. Now I know what to do. Like there's no more, like I never have to worry about anything anymore. Never make decisions, never, like nothing. I was like, it doesn't make sense. It's just way too cool. So can I try this out? So I decided to go and take sessions by her. Now she lived two hours away and I was like, no, I'm doing this in person. I need to do this right. I would drive two hours each way before Corona. <laughs> this was some time ago. And I did sessions. From the first session, I like sat there. My whole life just like came down on me. Everything made so much sense. Like I was doing photography full time, but then I had this side job that I really hated. And for some reason I was just also doing it. And I was able to like, it's like, why am I doing this literally? After that session, I gave him like notice that I was leaving and I left a few weeks later. Like, like my whole life just like changed completely afterwards. And I loved it. I went to get trained in it. And then I put my own twist on it and mixed it together with the photography. So now we do this non-dominant hand coaching together with the photography. That is amazing. So you are coaching. So do you predominantly work with relationships and couples or do you work with everybody yeah I work mostly with couples but I work also like if there's someone that's single or someone specifically wants just them then I'll work with them also but most of my clients are couples yeah this is so unique I love this like you talking about a vision board and it's so true you know before I met my husband I had a vision board of like this random couple but they weren't looking at the at at me so I was like trying to vision myself in that photo you know, and like, I always have love on my vision boards now, even though I have a beautiful relationship with my husband, just because I want to keep that. Right. Um, but it's always of the other people sometimes when you've got, when you cut them out of magazines and things like that. So how amazing is that to have that opportunity to be able to have these beautiful, you know, maybe even sensual photos of you and your love, your partner, and be able to look at those every day. Like how empowering would that make your relationship too? Yeah, so yeah, I cool. love it. It's so personal. It's not like, can I have this? Because part of what we do is the fact that we journal about it before, when we take the pictures, they're not posed, they're real. So when your mind looks at back at it, it goes back into that time and remember the emotion you had, that happiness, that love, that intimacy you had at that moment. So it reinforces it even more. So that is so unique and so you know something that something so unique like this is something that is so needed that people don't really know about so i'm so glad you're on the show talking about this today so you know you were talking earlier about your story and and you said you hated journaling and that really resonated with me and i think it's going to resonate with some of the audiences as well i have picked up my journal and put it away for years like you know, trying to be consistent with it. There was a moment, you know, there was a time before I met my husband where I was doing it. And honestly, I journaled him into my life. Um, but I, you know, I haven't really picked it up for years. And then just in this last year, um, I decided that I was going to pick it up and start back 
and doing it. And some amazing things have happened. And we could talk about this a little bit during this episode if you want. But, you know, just for the listeners out there who don't really see the value in journaling and really don't understand the benefits of it, can you dive into some of the benefits around journaling and, you know, what really motivates people to pick up the pen and start, you know, pouring their thoughts out on paper every day? Yeah, I could give you my answer, I think, but because I don't have real experience in it, you'd be better when answering it. So I'm really curious to know what you think because I never journaled regular, like I said, I hate journaling. Um, but I think it's really good just to clear your mind because I'm a really big believer in getting things out there. So when you're in your mind, it's just a whole big mush. My way that I used to do it and I still do now is really good is talking it out with another person, just talking and then it clears it out, it gets it out of you. But oh, an amazing way to do it is also just to write it on a paper. All comes out, you could figure out things, all of a sudden becomes clear. It's also great if let's say you're really angry or something, then you write everything that you're angry about and you see that I'm so angry, I'm so angry and there's so much emotion in here, but it's only four pages long. Like there's a limit to how much this anger is. It's not like overtaking my whole life. So I think it really clears the brain and it really lets you figure out things because you see it in front of you instead of it just being in your brain. What do you say? I totally agree with that. And you know, it's so funny because I, I'll just go a little bit in the background. Like, so I found my old journal um, that I had written in before I met Dave, who is my husband. Now we've been together almost 10 years. So this journal was like 10, 11 years old, like so old. I found it in a box and this was like a few months ago and I picked it up. And during that time in my life, I was reading through some of the, you know, I didn't journal every single day, but I was quite consistent at least a few times a week. And what I noticed a pattern was a lot of the stuff I was just, I was just trying to process emotions. Like I was going through a really tumultuous emotional time during that time in my life. And I was really trying to process emotions. So a lot of the entries in there were just trying to process it. So I'd start out, you could tell it was, I was confused and I was just writing all the stuff down and like literally just dumping and bitching in my journal. And then by the end of the passage, I would actually have clarity, like it would like start to change. So it was a way for me, and this is coming from me and I've heard from other people too, that this is why they love doing it is, is we have so much going on in our brains. And if we're not taking the time to kind of slow down and process what's happening, and we're going through a situation in our life, that's really emotionally charged or stressful. Journaling can just be an outlet. It can be a way to pour all that out and just get it out of your mind and then be able to process it and understand it more. Um, one of the biggest things that it did for me was get clear on the man that I wanted. I was attracting horrible men for the longest time and just not the type of man that filled my soul. And when I looked at that old entry, I actually did an entry of my perfect man. I wrote down like 20 characteristics that I wasn't going to settle for any less. And when I looked at it five, like five months ago of that journal that I have wrote 10 years ago, I am not even joking. 18 out of the 20 were bang on to what Dave is now. Like send chills down my spine. I read, I actually read it to him and he was like, Oh my God, did you like manifest me? Or like, what kind of magic did you do? I mean, there was only two in there that were kind of a little bit not dead on and they were, you know, to do with spirituality. And I wanted a guy that was kind of a yogi and like really into meditation, but you know, Dave's open to that, but he wasn't, you know, super into that when we met. 
but it was just amazing. So those are some of the benefits is done for me in the past. And now I picked up my journal and I'm doing uh, more of the manifestation part of it and gratitude um, in the journal as well. So, I mean, there's just a huge list of benefits. There really is. That is so cool. I love that. Even people who don't journal, ensure making a list of what you want in a partner and relationship is like crucial. When your brain doesn't know what to look for, you're not going to find it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, you're keep on saying, you don't want this type of guy. You don't want this type of guy. You don't want this type of guy. That's the type of guy that's going to come and show up in your life. Yeah. But if you make that list, I love that. It's like so clear proof. <laughs> yes. And that's the thing is that we've, you know, when I was single and anybody that's the thing that's single, I, you do focus a lot on what you don't want. Right. And we do that with our lives as well. Like in any, in any sense, like we don't, we focus on what we don't want in our lives. We, we bitch about what we don't like in our lives, but we don't always sit down and talk about what we do want. You know, if your financial situation isn't where you want to be, if your health isn't where, where you want to be, focus on where you, you know, the positive focus on where you would like to see it go and how the future would look if you had that ultimate goal or that ultimate health, right. That kind of thing. So Yes. Yeah. Because you know, the brain thinks in pictures. That's why vision boards and those type of things are amazing for it. But the problem is the brain doesn't have a picture for no. So if you say, let's say you're holding your cup of coffee and you don't want it to spill on you and you say, don't spill, don't spill, don't spill in your brain. It sees spilling. Don't say don't spill. Only see spilling. So what's going to happen? It's going to spill. You're going to spill it. You're looking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so- right. So if you're looking for a guy who's like, not like this, not like this, not like this, it can't register the no, it just doesn't have a way of doing that. So you have to switch it other way around. Yeah, you're so right. It's so, so true. And it's really all about mindset at the end of the day. And, you know, it's about, you know, getting clear and having clarity on your thoughts and things like that. So Esty, let's, let's kind of dive into this interesting topic that a lot of people don't really know about, but your specialty is, you know, writing with your non-dominant hand, right? So can you tell us about this and the benefits around not using your dominant hand and why, like, why should people do it? Why should people switch their hands? Like it, it does take a lot to try. And I'm going to say right now, I tried doing it last night. And I was like, this is insane. Like my, my handwriting looks like probably worse than my son's who's six, (laughs) but talk about the benefits of it. Why, why would people do this? Okay. First thing, I'm just like tempted to put this in here because you just said that your, how your handwriting is worse than your son's is because when you're writing with your non-dominant hand, you're connecting with your inner child. A B when you write with your non-dominant hand, you are not thinking you are not caring about anything. You don't care what its spelling looks like. You don't care grammar. You don't care the shape of the letters. The point is just to get it out. The point of it is the process. Why? Now I'll explain to you. (laughs) I just like had to, I was too tempted. We live in a really logical world, okay? Our brain has to think logically in order to function. To drive, you have to think, am I stopping, am I going? Whatever you're doing, everything is logical. Now, the problem is that when we think logical, we are, have, there's so many reasons, so many things that get in the way before we hit our emotions and subconscious. So if we want to make a decision, let's say for an example, there's, we, there's a hundred different things that we're taking into consideration. What we know, 
what our partner knows, what our parents are telling us, what our friends are telling us, social media, books, YouTube, whatever else. There's so much logic things that we can't get inside ourselves where really the answer is already. You know, when you have that really hard decision and you just don't want to admit that you really know what you're going to end up doing and it just drags on for ages till you make that decision. So when you write with your non-dominant hand, what happens is you're walking in through the back door of your brain and you're getting around the logic and straight into the emotional part of your brain, your subconscious part of your brain. Then you get the answers right away. So if you were to make that decision with your non-dominant hand, you write the question, thinking logically, because we do need to think, we want to use both sides of our brain, thinking logically with your right hand or your dominant hand, sorry, and you answer the question with your non-dominant hand, then when you're answering the question, your subconscious, your emotions are answering for you without having to get through all the logic, okay? That's the basic overview of why you want to do it. You cut literally straight the core. So depending what you're doing, if you want to you have pain in your back and you want to know why you have pain. If you have a hard conversation with someone that you want to have a conversation, you want to manifest something in your life, whatever it is, you're not sure what to do. Instead of having to go through everything to go and get your answer, get straight to it. That's amazing. So you're not, cause you're not, so I guess it takes away the distraction essentially of perfection because with your dominant hand, you're probably being like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, my writing is so atrocious or you're like, you're thinking of other things, but with your non-dominant, you're not. Is that kind of, is that exactly. kind of in a nutshell? Not, that is part of it. Yeah. And yeah. with your non-dominant hand, you're not thinking about per- perfection. Your non-dominant hand, you're letting your emotions speak. So you could do, um, it's, there's a many amazing exercises you could do with your non-dominant hand to release emotion. Even just scribbling with your non-dominant hand, Go straight from your emotions onto the paper. Because most times when people, let's say, are angry or frustrated, they do one of two things. They either let it out on everyone around them or they bottle it up and eventually it explodes. Mm -hmm. Now, emotions are energy and it has to come out, but in a healthy way. So going for a walk is letting it out or sitting down for one second, take your pen and moving it to the other hand and just scribbling is letting it come right out. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, if, if people are going through struggles right now and maybe they have kind of meditated on it or written about it in some way, shape or form, but they're not really getting it out per se, then switching to that non-dominant hand may bring up emotions that are suppressed and in the subconscious mind that they don't even know that they have or blocks that they don't even know they have. Exactly. Can I give you a really easy exercise that you could do with like almost anything in your life that I think your audience will love? Sure. Do it. So any difficult challenge is happening, doesn't it? Like on any level, any scale, um, you want to try this. Take with your non-dominant hand, draw a picture. doesn't have to be pretty. Remember, you're not hanging it up on your wall. It's just the process of your situation that you're in. So you have pain in your body somewhere. You need to make a decision about something. Should I move or should I not move? Whatever it is. Draw a little sketch figure. Then you're going to have a conversation between your two hands, which is between your logic mind and your emotional mind, getting into your subconscious to find out the answer. Questions, thinking logically, go with your dominant hand. Answers without thinking, 
are in your non-dominant hand, okay? Here are four basic questions for you to start with, and then you could add on whatever you want. One is who are you? You're talking to the picture that you drew. So let's say you have, should I move or should I not move? So you're talking to the picture of the house that you live in or wherever it is, who are you? And you write the answer without thinking with your non-dominant hand. Next question, how do you feel? And you answer that, your non-dominant hand. Third question is, why do you feel this way? And answer. And fourth question is, what can I do to help you? These questions are really good because it gets straight into the emotion, straight to understanding why you have the emotion, and then not getting stuck there, moving on from there. Then if there's more things, many times, like from the answers, you'll have more questions. Why is that? What else? Whatever. Continue the conversation and see what you get. That is so clever. So if you guys are listening and if you're driving, don't do this, but if you're not, you might want to pause, go back and write this down because this is a really awesome little tidbit, which I'm totally going to try tonight for sure. Now it doesn't really matter what the, like if you're trying to, let's say, okay, so let's say we're trying to um, maybe manifest a, 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 you know, a new house or something into our life. So we are going to draw the house out with our non-dominant first. Yeah. And then we will ask the questions to the photo or to the picture that we drew and then answer it. Now, when you answer those questions, are we going to answer those questions, write them down with our non-dominant hand? Exactly. You're answering the questions with your non-dominant hand without thinking. This is really important. If you get stuck, like you answer the question, how do you feel? Like you wrote the question and you just like can't think of anything or you just think of your mind as thinking like you're not getting anything out. A really good way is to like what they teach you to do in school, like to write full sentences, you know, is repeat the question until you get to the answer. So I feel happy or I feel frustrated and that way it will get your mind start moving and then you'll get the answer. I love that. I'm totally going to do that. So, you know, I just had a little thought in my mind and I think that there may be some people that are listening that really don't understand a hundred percent fully the difference and, and why it is important to tap into our subject our subconscious mind. Can we talk a little bit about that? Can you talk about like the difference between our rational thinking mind and the subconscious mind and why it is so important to actually bring those subconscious feelings and blocks up to the surface? Yes. So our conscious mind is what we're know, what we're consciously thinking of every minute. Right now, I am talking to you on this awesome podcast discussing this, right? That is conscious. Subconscious is all the things that you don't think about every second, like your heart beating, everything else that's happening. So everything in your life that is going on, your subconscious knows about, knows what is stopping you from getting there. And knows why you have it. So if let's say going back to you want to manifest a house. There's a reason why you don't have it yet. Now you're going to say, oh, it's just money. But there's a reason why you don't have that money. There's a reason what is going on there. Maybe it's a fear. Maybe it's a blockage. There's something in your, in you that you have to work through in order for that house to go and be yours. So how do you know what that thing is? How do you talk to your subconscious? How do you find it out? By journaling with your non-dominant hands, you're going to access that subconscious and letting your subconscious talk to you, find out what is that blockage. So I might say, I might want to manifest the house and I could write logically. I know what my house, I want my house to look like because I know that really well. If you know that, what it is, then you could go and write it with your dominant hand. 
but then there's going to be the parts of what is in the way of this and you don't know that your subconscious mind can answer for you that would totally make sense so for the people that are listening that are like okay this sounds great and i want to try it but i can i am super useless with my non-dominant hand like i can't do anything with my non-dominant hand what kind of things can they do to help maybe just get through that or um you know if they really just are not coordinated to write with that hand like what do you say to that yeah so first of all i want to know that with your non-dominant hand it doesn't matter what it looks like it doesn't matter what the spelling is it doesn't matter what the grammar is because it's the process If you write something with your non-dominant hand that you're going to want to remember later on, rewrite it with your dominant hand (laughs) because it's not the point. Like I can't read what I wrote. I read like notebooks and journals and journals and I just can't read my non-dominant hand. So I know that's what I have to do. But if you're having a really hard time in the beginning, a good way to start is just doing different things with your non-dominant hand. So scribbling with your non-dominant hand or any sort of art thing like Painting is really good because it's the emotions doesn't think in words it thinks in art. So that's really good way for you to do it. Or even just brushing your teeth with your non-dominant hand. Try eating your fork, eating with a fork. You're going to automatically create new neuron connections and things will start happening. You'll be really surprised. Just try. You know, it's, you were just saying about brushing your teeth with your non-dominant hand. And I came across an article a little while ago about about exactly that, why that like, and it was, it was more geared towards like the health benefits of using your non-dominant hand. And it was talking about the near, the new neural pathways in the brain. Um, and the first thing they did say to start with was brushing your teeth because it is so simple to do and eating, right. Eating with your non-dominant hand. These are so simple things that we can do, but we don't even think about these. We don't even think Takes so much patience also. <laughs> and it does take a lot of patience. And you know what it also, it does too is it, it, we are so used to being in like, um, we can, we can drive an autopilot. We can brush our teeth in autopilot. We can eat on autopilot. We can do all these things on autopilot, but when you switch to your non-dominant hand, you're no longer in that autopilot state. Now you're actually thinking about and being in the moment of what you're doing because it, it takes, it takes time. Like you're relearning a new skill and that is something. So, and you know, people who are struggling maybe with with memories, memory loss and things like that, or they're having a, a hard time with clarity or brain fog. I'm sure this could be another another tool that they could do just to kind of help strengthen the neural pathways in the brain, right? For sure. Yeah, exactly. Because what you're writing with your non-dominant hands, you don't have that path to write it. Like when you learned to drive the first time, it was hard, right? Because you had to learn it. But now you drive so much, you could probably drive with your eyes closed because you know exactly what's going on. Please don't. Um, but with <laughs> your non-dominant hand, if you're doing something that you've done a million times, like brushing your teeth, you know, your brain has to make that neuron connection. So another really good thing you reminded me while you're talking about <laughs> um, slowing down and getting in a moment for someone who has a really hard time, um, start by drawing start with your right hand your dominant hand I sometimes get confused sorry it's not your right hand it's your dominant hand um like making some sort of image like just shapes and stuff with your non-dominant hand like scribbles and then add in your non-dominant hand so while you do it in your dominant hand you're doing the same thing 
in your non-dominant hand at the same time. So that way it doesn't have to be words, right? You're just getting more into that. And that also makes you have to slow down, create those neural connections, and it will be easier for you to do it, for you to do it. Even just like writing your name with your non-dominant hand. And if you want to make it even more hard for you, like practice it even more to get it to the next level, try to write your name with your non-dominant hand in the slowest pace possible. It almost hurts, but it is so worth it. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm going to try all these things. It's going to be so funny because I'm going to look through it. Like I usually just write in my journal. It's going to be like nice handwriting and then scribbling and then nice handwriting and scribbling. But it'd be interesting like to look through that afterwards and see what the difference between the thought process between when you're writing with your dominant and your non-dominant, and it will really under, get you to really understand the benefits and, and how you can tap into that. See, this is such an amazing tool to have in our toolbox because, you know, we, we hear anybody that's listening that knows about this kind of stuff and maybe he's done some, you know, mindset work and things like that. They understand, you know, um, about tapping into the subconscious, but this is a very direct tool where, you know, there's some other tools out there that we, we can do, but they do take a little bit more work to actually access that part of our brains, but just simply switching to a non-dominant hand and doing something with a non-dominant hand that can just get direct access. And how amazing is that? Like, we don't have, like, not a lot of us have those tools in our toolbox, right? Yeah. I will just give a disclaimer that if you are someone who never tried any of these things or like are not really into it and you're not so connected with yourself it may take you a few more times of doing this until you get the answers you might try it the first time you finish this podcast and you just say okay i'm going to try this and you don't get any answers i don't know nothing whatever because when you meet a stranger for the first time do you go and tell them all your deepest darkest secrets no your subconscious your body isn't going to go and tell you all its pains and all its things that it's going through the first time you were connected, you decide to go and connect with it. So try it the next day, try it a few days later. And over time, you'll see your answers will get deeper and deeper. If you're someone who already journals, who already connects, who already has a very good relationship with their yourself, you'll probably get answers much faster. Yeah. And somebody that's already starting to do kind of mindset work or, you know, things like that, they would probably get a lot of benefit out of it. Now, someone that's like completely a newbie to journaling or even like just scripting or anything, like actually just writing down your feelings and they're like, okay, I really, I got, this is really cool. And I probably want to try to get in into it. What kind of things can you recommend for them to get started and get really motivated to do it? Like what are some, some timbits that they can, that they can do to start right away? Like, like journal prompts. Yeah. Like let's talk about journal prompts. Yeah. If they're just okay, like so sit down at a blank, you know, yeah, like some people get that they'll sit down at a blank sheet of paper and they're just stuck. They don't know what to write. Right. So there's a million things you can do, okay? First, you could start by, either, if it's a morning, planning your day. If it's a night, going through your day. Like I remember once I had to give a workshop and it was like a really intense day. Like I had a lot of things at the end of it. And the end of the day, I was sitting down and I was journaling and I was like going through the process of the day. And I realized like at the end of the day, it was like nine or 10 o'clock at night that about an hour before um, the zoom workshop that I was about to give, um, the power on my block went out. There was like some sort of, like it was raining or something, some sort of thing. And 
then my like my computer wouldn't have worked. I would have have to have done the workshop over Zoom over on my phone, if not for the power going back on literally five minutes before the workshop. And it was just so cool in the end of the day to like appreciate that. And I just realized that from the end of the day of going through my whole day of doing it. So that didn't give me like a new insight, but it gave me a really big appreciation. Um, so there's the beginning of the day, there's the end of the day. There's um, planning something specific that you want. What's that you want? Everybody wants something, even just for the first time before you get really deep into it, just describe what you want. Get really clear in your mind, even if it's a new outfit, who cares, right? Just to get you started, start with those sort of things. Um, you could do another one that's really good. People like is a timeline from when you were born until today, all the major milestones that happened. You could start by thinking logically with your dominant hand and do all the major milestones and then write a sentence or a few words about each thing with your non-dominant hand. See if there's any patterns. What else is coming up? Is there specific emotions that you like? Is there certain times of day? That's a really insightful. Um, you could make a wheel like a mandala type of thing and cut it into parts of how much time you spend on everything in your day, how much are you working, eating, sleeping, and then look at your wheel and see like, hey, is this what I want my life to look like or what do I want to adjust? Um, yeah, those are a few simple ones. I could like go on forever, but <laughs> I don't want to overwhelm people. <laughs> I love those. Those are great ones to start with. The wheel one, that is so, and I mean, both of them, I have never, I, I know a few journal prompts, but I've never heard of those two. So those are great. Those are a good, good start for anybody to go through. And I think even doing that, that timeline of your life, like that puts you in that amazing state of gratitude as well, because you're going through and you're really being grateful for some of the things that you've accomplished and, and brought into your life. So that puts you in a really good state. That's awesome. Thank you. So, you know, we were talking a little bit at the beginning and throughout this podcast about kind of manifesting and things like that. And um, when we first got on before we press record, I asked you about your wall. Now the listeners can't see you, but on Estee's wall behind her, she's got a bunch of dollar bills on there. And I've never seen this before. And I've been part of like the law of attraction and manifestation space for quite some time. So tell us about your wall. People can't see it, but there are, there's money on your wall. So talk about that and why you have that. Yes. So they're actually million dollar bills, not real ones, but million dollar bills all over the wall. Um, I had them on for years and it's a great way to train your subconscious. That's what it sees because it's seeing pictures and to go and get that. Now I had this for years and it was great. Like I knew I was working towards it. I was doing all sorts of things. All, all my, a lot of my actions, like my financial decisions were based on this and it was good. It helped, but I didn't really crack anything until I started journaling with the non-dominant hand and realizing what was it that was stopping me from making those millions. And I love it. Now I do journaling. I do with vision board. So if you have any sort of anything that you want, you want to take a picture of it, hang it up on the wall. If you could have a picture of you, that's even better, like in the relationship photography. So even if you want a new car, let's say you could go to a dealer place and just ask them if you could hop in there for two seconds to take a picture of you in that car. So that way you're in it and you could feel that emotion. 
hang it up on the wall, and then you could go and ask the picture of the thing that you want, how you could get there, what is stopping you from getting there, what else can I do to go and get it and answer it with your non-dominant hand, and you'll have much more concrete steps to go and help you get the thing that you want to try to get manifest. That's so cool. Now, you know, if, if people are kind of like, okay, yeah, like I want the car, I want the money and they're not quite there. So you're saying that there is typically majority of the time, a block that is stopping them from attracting exactly what they want in their life. There's some subconscious thing. And then if they can sit down and use their dominant hand, a non-dominant hand, sorry, they can bring that to the surface. Now, when you bring it to the surface and you're aware of a block that comes up, so let's say they, they go ahead, they do all these things and they're like, okay, so let's use money for an example. Let's use um, a block that I, I know I had for money. Uh, well, I'll use me as an example. So when I was trying to manifest money and I wasn't becoming successful, I had to go deep in my subconscious mind and figure out what the, some of the blocks were. And one of the major blocks was my parents are extremely successful. They came literally from rags to riches, but I had seen them lose friends, lose family. You know, I was with them from the beginning because we weren't always well off as kids. You know, we were, there was a part point where we didn't have a lot of money and my parents were struggling, but I saw them lose friends and family over jealousy of their success. And part of me internalized that as if I become successful, people are not going to like me anymore. People are going to be jealous. People aren't going to want to, you know, be my friend. I'm going to lose family. I'm going to lose loved ones. And that was a big block. So now if somebody comes up with that and they realize, okay, I have this block for whatever it is, what do you recommend? Like, what do they do next to kind of release it? How, what do you, what can you do? What are some steps that you can do to get rid of that? Okay. So I'm first going to give you really easy things like that anyone could do right now. And then I'm going to give you a more in-depth for people who want something even deeper. Your goal, what you want to do is to change that belief that your subconscious has, or your, that now became conscious, your conscious has from stopping you from getting money. Because like, why should you want to get money if you're going to lose everyone? That makes so much sense. Like, I, I prefer the people over the money, you know? And so a real, like what you could just do on a really simple level that a lot of people go and teach you, and it's a really good way to start, is to go and answer back to that thing that you just said on a daily basis. So let's say um, you believe that you're going to get tons of money. You're going to want to rephrase that as I become more and more successful, I'm making more and more friends or rephrase it in a way that you could believe it. Don't say something that your brain will say, oh no, I'm for sure not. Like I'm making tons of money and I have tons of friends. If you know that it's not going to happen, but maybe in the process, I'm making better friends or something else, or I have one really good friend that's supporting me or something else that your mind it will be worth it for your mind to still go and make that money and we'll be able to go and believe it. That's one thing. Now, if you want to go much deeper into it, did you, there's the inner family part that's inside of you. One thing that we do a lot with this journaling is that there's different parts of us. We have a part of us that is, wants to act like a kid, wants to act fun, wants to go and do fun things. There's a part of us that has, is the responsible part of us that protects us that takes care of us, that makes sure we get to bed on time, that makes sure we're doing. There's another part of us 
that is going to protect us from the outsider world. Like one's like more like nurturing us like food and making sure we're being healthy and one's protecting us from other people. We have all these parts of us. One's the working part of us. One's the vacation part of us. If you could go and tap into different parts of yourself, you could go and see what's out of balance and how can I recap it? How can I readjust this so that way it could be better? So going back to your example of someone who is scared they're going to lose all their friends and there's, and I have people just like go against them because they're being successful is you could work on that part of yourself where it's okay. I'm fine for myself. Not as in like, I don't want people and I'm pushing people away in a bad way, but rather I'm okay for myself and I have everything I need to go and take care of myself. What happens is you go and become confident in yourself and you don't, instead of becoming dependent on others, that you could go and be successful. And then people who are on that same level as you are attracted to you also. So for relationships, this is amazing also because instead of being, okay, I need someone who's going to go and take care of me. You go and take care of yourself. Your partner could take care of themselves. And then afterwards, whatever you go and do to support each other is just on a much higher level. I don't know if that was like way too over the top, but maybe someone understood it. <laughs> no, no, that was so good. I loved it. You know, it's so true. And when you were saying that, I was like, yeah, that's totally true. It's a mind, it, it's essentially switching your mind to think about the, 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 the fear that you have in a positive way, right? And you actually hit the nail right on the head with the whole money thing. Um, I did, I did get to a point where I was like, you know what, if I lose friends, then the friends that I've lost are not my true friends. Right. And that's, and it, it's true. And I have lost friends and I'm going to tell you that. And it's true. Like when you are on a self-development journey in any kind and you're bettering yourself or you're trying to reach your goals, you will leave people behind. And that's totally okay. Because you know what they, uh, people come into your life for a reason. They come in there for maybe not, not forever, and then you move on and you meet people that, that are at the same level with, with you and pushing you along forward to your goals. So yes, I love that. That's great. That's great. Um, so we are going to kind of wrap things up a little bit here, hon. And this was so much fun. Oh my goodness. I could talk about this kind of stuff all day. Now I, now the people that are listening are going to probably want to find out more about this and what you do and how to do it. So where can I send my audience to learn more about you and connect with you further and take this conversation off of the podcast today? Yes. So best place if you want to just get like easy tips and more of these things is follow me on TikTok. Sounds crazy, but you'll love it. There, life picks relationships on TikTok. Or you could go if you want to speak to me to lifepicksrelationships.as.me. We'd love to speak to you there. I will have those links on the bottom of the show notes here. So once you guys are done listening to this, go ahead and just scroll down and find those links there. Now, do you have an Instagram account? Yeah, I do. Life Picks Photography. Um, you could go there. Be really happy to see you there. But I'm telling you, you'll get much more on TikTok. It's worth it to download TikTok just for that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was just asking about the Instagram account because I always tell everybody that's listening if they had any aha moments 
or takeaways or just things that they absolutely loved about the podcast today, um, I invite you guys to take a screenshot and tag us both in there. So I will put her Instagram handle in there as well, um, ST, so you guys can tag us both. And just let us know. We I love hearing your feedback. I know ST will love to hear your feedback too about some of the things that you really took away from this episode today. So ST, oh my goodness, this was such a good high vibe, good feeling podcast interview. And I'm so stoked to have you on here. So thank you for coming on and sharing your wealth of knowledge around the subject. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun talking to you. It was so much fun. Till next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to Inspire Her Health podcast. If you were inspired about what you heard today, please leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Also, please help us to inspire more women to live their best by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it on your social media. Be sure to tag us at Inspire Her Health so that we may give you a shout out on our social platforms and thank you for your support. If you would like more tips and tricks on how to live a healthier, happier life, be sure to visit us on our online magazine at www.inspireherhealth.com. And while you're there, we would love for you to join our community where you will be automatically entered in for our monthly giveaways, as well as receive weekly wellness challenges and exclusive content to inspire you through mind, body, and life. Thanks again for tuning in. See you in the next episode.